to the VitaFoods Insights podcast. Join us as we explore the latest science and innovation, helping the global health and nutrition industry connect, develop, and progress. Today's host is Natalia Franca Rocha, Content and Conference Manager. Hello and welcome to another VitaFoods Insights podcast episode. I'm Natalia Francehosha, Content and Conference Manager at VitaFoods. Earlier in the year, as part of our VitaFoods Insights Virtual Expo Asia, we hosted a panel discussion about beauty from within and the neutral cosmetic marketing Asia with Carol Zhou, Senior Vice President of Ajaceiro China Business Innovation and Investment, and Zarina Kanji, Business Development UK and Ohdirex at Alibaba Group. Today, we'll share some key highlights from that discussion but first, let's hear from Zarina. Thanks, Natalia. Good morning, everybody. I'm Zarina. I'm from Alibaba. And this morning, I'm just going to walk you through some trends that we're seeing over at Timor Global. In case anybody is not aware, Timor and Timor Global is the home of brands in China. It's where Chinese consumers come to explore and discover new brands. They can then share and recommend them with friends. And there's a lot of short video content on there, which will help to capture the attention of the Chinese consumer. Live streaming is also a huge part of what happens in China and the way that brands can connect to the consumer. Tmall Global particularly is our cross-border e-commerce platform, which enables international brands to access Chinese consumers by using bonded warehouses and effectively selling as they do at home. The success of Tmall Global really came about with the categories of beauty and health alongside mother and baby, where Chinese consumers were looking for products that they couldn't find at home. That's very interesting, right? But what is live streaming and what is the market opportunity here? Taobao Livestream is the world's largest live stream shopping platform. It's become a really, really vital part of how brands from many different categories, but particularly health and beauty, can access the Chinese consumer by explaining to them what the product does how to use it, its efficacy, before the consumer is able to purchase. To the end of FY21, we saw 75.3 billion US dollars of GMV generated through live streaming sessions. And the volume of content that's created every day in China is huge. There are 150,000 hours of content being streamed every day. So that means that Chinese consumers can access almost anything that they want. But most vitally, It's effective because 60% of live stream viewers are clicking through once they start watching a live stream. So conversion is really high. Okay, so e-commerce and live streaming sounds key marketing strategies to tap into within the Chinese market. But how is the market positioning China and who's behind the consumption of this beauty from within products? So first of all, China's health and wellness market is expected to reach 145 billion US dollars worth in 2025, which will be a double what it was five years ago. What we're looking at really is consumption trends because we need to understand who that customer is. It is to know that the customer is really young. 85% of our consumers are under 40 and 59% are under 30. So it's a really, really young market. We're dealing with Gen Z and the millennial consumer. And with that in China, what they do is react very preventatively rather than reactively. So if you have a brand with a product that is traditionally aimed at an over 40 market in the West, you will probably find that it is an under 40 consumer who is purchasing and using in China. 
One of the biggest consumption trend differences is really around pill fatigue and the move towards beauty snacks. So Chinese consumers are looking for more novel and exciting ways of accessing their beauty products. A niacinamide-infused broccoli ice cream that was developed during the Taobao Makers Festival. Very quirky, very exciting, but a really, really unusual way of getting good vitamins, benefits for your skin inside your body. What a lot of these newer products that are coming out with, they have selling points on skin moisturization to improve elasticity, to reduce wrinkles, um, to protect against UV, the hair care, lots and lots of different functional benefits. And obviously it's younger people, but particularly it is women who are consuming these products, um, and especially tier one and two cities in China. So those that are um, very digitally savvy, the ones that are more international that pre-pandemic would have been traveling. Um, so this is really interesting, really something to bear in mind when you think about the trends. It's really around the consumption of those products. Um, and it ranges like from ice cream to breadsticks to gummies. There are lots and lots of different ways that Chinese consumers are looking to consume those products, but very much in the form of snacking. And what are some of the key trends driving the beauty from within sector in China? To look at the trends, we see a lot of trends around inner beauty and natural nutrition. So for Chinese consumers, it really matters what goes into their skin, but onto their skin. So all of the products are really well scrutinized and quality and safety are of paramount importance. Four of the top trends that we're seeing are firstly in probiotics. The probiotics category grew 70% for us at Team All Global year on year last year. And it has historically been led by demand for women's health. So as we see internationally, there is a growing understanding of gut health and protecting the microbiome. And women are the first to come to this. So one of the most successful brands we've worked with is Proven from the UK, which is focused on a women's health product to protect against female health. The next really interesting trend is around superfoods. Obviously, in China, traditional Chinese medicine is something that has been followed for millennia. And we see the younger generation still employing these types of solutions. So things like turmeric, moringa, ginseng, they're all really, really interesting for the younger Chinese consumer. So that they can look at things like balancing hormones, treating acne, um, looking after their gut health. Then the third trend we're seeing is around new technologies. Um, so you see here an example of Doctors Best NMN. Um, so NMN, NAD, vitamin B boosters, which support healthy aging and sort of almost freeze the skin in time. And um, that's sort of the intended effect for them. So that's what the consumer is looking for, something that will help them stay young in these new technologies. It's not just skin, it's also hair. So the fourth trend that we see is around hair supplements and gummies. Um, hair loss affects one in six Chinese people. It's, as of 2019, actually affected 250 million Chinese consumers, and 65% of them were men, and 85% of them were under 30. So it's a lot, lot younger than it was even 20 years ago. And they're losing hair due to stress, due to diet, due to really busy lifestyles. So looking for a product that can really help them to prevent hair loss or help the hair to grow thicker is something that is very, very important. The next big trend is around sleep. Sleep is the number one health issue in China. China's basically become a nation of insomniacs with more than 300 million of them suffering from sleep disorders. So what we've seen is, is essentially the business of sleep. 
The sleep economy in China has nearly doubled from 2015 to 2020, and it's estimated to be worth around 58 billion US dollars. It's basically busy lives, hectic working hours, looking after children, getting to the gym, socializing. Um, so what Chinese consumers are looking for are ways to treat this problem holistically, because obviously good sleep means good skin, means good health. So they're looking for things like sleep aids, pillow sprays, gummies, all manner of different varieties of products. It's not just putting what inside your body, but it's also using something like a spray, something holistic that will seep into your body and help you to relax and help you to sleep, because that is going to also help you to be more beautiful. Nextly, we've got the third major trend, which is healthy snacking and functional foods. China's rapidly becoming the world's largest market for healthy foods and healthy eating. You see it particularly in the top tier cities like Shanghai and Beijing. And my protein from the UK is one of the best examples of successful meal replacement protein shake that Chinese consumers are looking for. Plant-based proteins are also becoming really popular. Plant-based milks have become much in demand over the last couple of years as the pandemic has moved through. There's also a, a demand for healthy snacking that comes from very natural ingredients. So one of the most successful brands is the Kind Bar from the US. So just containing purely nuts and fruits from the natural world, it's a great way to have on-the-go snacking that will help fit into a busy life. So basically, Chinese consumers are so busy, they want something that's really easy. Wonderlab produces basically a powder in a bottle and you can fill it up with whatever type of liquid that you want to have. But there are lots of different types of functional foods that are happening in China. So, for example, hyaluronic acid has now been approved to be used as a food material. So it's something that's normally used in plastic surgery. You might recognize it from front of your moisturizer. It's now a food material. So it can help to increase skin moisturizer. It can reduce fine lines and wrinkles. So the younger consumer is really looking for products that they can consume that contain hyaluronic acid. And the other really exciting trend that we see in China is around punk health. So it's Chinese consumers really trying to achieve a balance. They lead busy lives. They want to go out and have fun. They want to go out and party late at night or sometimes they work long hours or sometimes they're playing computer games till the late hours. So to combat staying up late, what they are looking for are things called night owl beverages. So what they might do is have coffee, which is infused with goji berries or chrysanthemums which have like traditionally medicinal benefits coming from traditional Chinese medicine. So the younger Chinese consumer is kind of looking for this balance so that they can still go out and have fun, but then they will have something good at the end of the day. So it's the goodness that the older generation would have had from TCM, and then it's the sort of badness of coffee and wines that the younger generation wants to have. It's putting them together so that they can basically live by this mantra of stay up late and then use the most expensive and most exciting products and skincare to compensate for their lives. These products are looking after their skin, but they're also sometimes products that will help get better skin and clearer complexions, help weight loss. Lots of different opportunities there for brands to think differently about the way that products are consumed in China. And then the final trend that I wanted to talk about is beauty tech. Obviously, it's, it's what you put into your skin, into your body. Um, it's the way that things can seep into your skin, like the pillow sprays. But Chinese consumers are massive consumers of beauty tech. They are far more willing to try technologies than we are in the West. There's much less skepticism there. One of the most successful brands that we have worked with is Smooth Skin. 
from the UK, which is an IPL hair removal device. They ran a live stream in 2020 as part of Double Eleven Global Shopping Festival, which basically had 103 million viewers. So that is more people than watch the Super Bowl who are tuning in to watch a beauty tech device that will remove hair from your skin. So that's a really interesting angle. But then Chinese consumers are also looking for technologies to help them look younger that will supplement the skin. One of the most successful brands that we're working with at the moment is Current Body from the UK, their LED face mask, which uses infrared and near-infrared lights, which will help to improve skin tone, texture, firmness, tightness, and basically give your skin an overall glow. So it's a really easy 10-minute treatment that a Chinese consumer can use at home, maybe even in the office, that will help them to look better, to look healthier. And it's something that is a real shift from the pandemic is this home-use beauty device. So salons are obviously busy. It takes time out of your day. Being able to help yourself look more beautiful by doing a quick treatment at home is really something that Chinese consumers are finding appealing. These are really a great holistic overview of the trends shaping the Chinese market. So really the four key points Irina is seeing in the industry includes PO fatigue, natural nutrition, holistic wellness, and new technologies. Now, before we dive into the questions asked by the audience, let's hear from Carol. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. I work at Shiseido, and I look after innovations and investments for the company. We're based in Shanghai. So, you know, ever since 2019, one of my projects has been really looking at the ingestible space because for those of you who are not living in Asia and not really familiar with Asia kind of philosophy, so inner beauty has always been in the Asian philosophy. Beauty is holistic, right, in the way of both in China as well as in Japan, the way that we view beauty is both externally and internally. So part of being beautiful is not only what you apply on your skin, but what you also ingest. So traditional Chinese medicine, which has been around in China for thousands of years, has always focused on herbal ingredients that will give you benefits, whether it's good for your health or also for beauty. So in Chinese consumers, natural, um, I think, lifestyle is uh, they're used to consuming various herbs or food as medicine. So um, you don't see many people. I mean, I think it's changing now, but, you know, 20 years ago, most people are not taking supplements, not taking uh, medicinal pills or tablets. To them, it's very medicine and it's not very natural. Um, so that's why if you look at the way that the penetration rate in the U.S., Japan, and China, it's very significant difference. So penetration rate for any kind of supplements in the U.S. is around 60%. Japan is around 55%, but China is below 20 So most people in China are not really taking supplements. And the retention rate are actually only half. So the people who are taking them are not able to continue. So the, the pickup rate is high. However, they forget, right? So taking supplements is actually a chore for many people. So you see a lot of new brands coming to the market. However, they're not able to sustain the amount of interest 
Therefore, you see a lot of trends as Arena has presented, but we don't see many trends really sustaining that power. And if you look at the spend per consumer, so the average American spends about 250 U.S. dollars a year on supplements.、Uh, in Japan, it's a little bit lower, around 150. But China, it's、uh, super low; it's、uh, less than 20 dollars. So there's huge room for for growth, right? There's We have about 1.4 billion people here, so I think the market is still young. So there's still a shift in learning about why is supplements important? Do they actually work? Zarina talks about the young generation, the Gen Z, right, post 95. So these consumers are very into health and wellness. They're working out more. They're learning so much more from the internet. So for these consumers, they're actually really understanding the benefits of supplements. So you see a lot of the younger consumers shopping not only on Taobao but you know across on e-commerce on the shops. So you know, in the past five years, the market has doubled every year, and it's a significant opportunity for new players to come into the market. Thus, for us、um, as a Japanese firm, you know, we also kind of believe in the holistic beauty. So、um, my team actually this year has、um, incubated our own ingestible beauty brand.、Um, it's called Inliu. Liu R Y U means flow in Japanese. So in inner flow, so beauty flows from within is kind of the meaning to the name. And we focus really on the high technology, combining natural ingredients and technology for、uh, beauty benefits. So we are focusing around beauty because that's what、uh, our specialties is. But if you look at the market, you see a lot of beauty players like ours. That are extending into adjacent spaces such as ingestibles, but you also see a lot of、um, normal, average, I would say, food and beverage players. So you see Coca-Cola, Nestle, a lot of the traditional players extending also into functional areas such as beauty, such as health. So there's a convergence of a lot of industries trying to. Really grow this segment of the market, so it's quite interesting. And one of the areas, since you know, I cover beauty, is that、um, the functional areas for supplements and beauty is where a lot of the players are entering because this area is where a lot of the young consumers want. They want to have really good skin. So you see a lot of the players really showcasing ingredients such as collagen. Such as niacinamide, grapeseed extract, all of these antioxidants that consumers know that it's beneficial for your skin. So, what would you say for the new players entering the nutra cosmetics market in China? Because there's some really tough regulatory、um, rules in China, we cannot really claim functional benefits. On many of these ingredients, for players who are trying to enter China, it's better to really learn up on the regulatory claims. Because aside from a few listed that the country allows you to claim functional benefit, really you cannot claim anything. <laughs> so that's why a lot of the new players entering the market are focusing on ingredients. That people already know are familiar with. So collagen, everyone knows collagen is good for your skin, right? Everyone knows that vitamin E, vitamin C is also good for antioxidants. So you don't really need to claim them. So those are the areas that some of the、um, new players entering the market are focusing on. And then what Zuma talked about is really a focus around health and wellness on more snackable, functional food areas. So because health and wellness 
especially during COVID, has really made not only younger consumers, but older generation really focus around immunity, uh, working out more. So they're actually understanding a lot of the science behind why people exercise and you need to replenish after you exercise. So you see um, a, a large growth also in the functional protein powder, like workout, more of that area that a lot of the new players are entering as well. So a lot of local players are also benefiting from this trend because they know the market well. They really understand what Chinese consumers are looking for. So a lot of them are entering through using natural, traditional medicine Chinese ingredients that consumers know for a long time, but they're uh, merging that with interesting formats. So instead of cooking herbs in a pot and it really doesn't taste very good, they're leveraging some of the ingredient extracts, putting it into maybe a snack bar or putting it into a drink that consumers can actually just buy and drink in a very easy, doable, packable, on-the-go format. So easy format is also helping the growth in this category. Simplicity and convenience seems to be key when it comes to delivery formats, right? This category is extremely competitive, is extremely challenging to gain share of voice because as a new player, you have to compete with the established players, um, but also you have to also invest a lot in in terms of investment to uh, gain share of voice. So this is uh, not an easy market, I have to say, even for us as a large multinational. I think it's a good time to get into the market because consumers are really willing to learn and willing to try new brands and new formats, anything new. I always say Chinese consumers are always ready to try something new. However, the difficult part is can you get them to come and purchase again? The second purchase is always hardest because you see a lot of new brands coming to the market. They can always get new customers. However, you know, after a while, it's very difficult to sustain that. So that's another call out that I have to say, you know, in this very competitive market. Again, great insights shared by Carol for brand owners looking to enter the Chinese market with new beauty from within products. Now, to dive a little bit more into this great topic, we will now share some of the questions covered during the live panel discussion. To start with, one of the questions was asking about the role of influencers when it comes to marketing strategies and whether Chinese consumers have any concerns about sponsored content versus unbiased content in the beauty product space. Influencers are a must in China, right? Social media is where people learn about all information, where they learn about uh, what ingredient is good, uh, what people are trying. So it's really important that you have a very well-planned social plan to get your brand or ingredient or technology so the consumers understand what you're trying to sell. And this is how they learn about your product. And you need to kind of plan ahead of time to gain share of voice. What we see is that influencers are such an integral part of marketing in China nowadays. And they come hand in hand with live streaming, but also with the social channels that are available in China. So, for example, Weibo. What the role of the influencer is, is to really explain how to use the product. And quite often what we see at Tmall on Taobao live streams are the brand coming onto the live stream with the um, influencer. 
So one example that we've got of that having happened is Vitabiotics, which is the UK's number one vitamins brand. So they had their director of China jump onto a live stream with Jujie, one of the most famous influencers, and they talked about their product called Vision Ace. Vision Ace is actually not one of their top sellers in the UK. In the UK, it's used for older generation once they start to experience macular degeneration. What they did was talk about the benefits of this product and what it does is protect the lutein in the eyes. So by having the expert from the brand and then the influencer work together, they were able to explain that it's actually a really great product to use for the younger generation to protect your eyes against what we're doing right now, staring at a screen. So Vitabiotics did a live stream. Within three minutes, they sold £60,000 worth of products of Vision Ace. So it's now become one of their top trending products in China. So when you take that type of example, you can see how important working with influencers are in that market. I think compared to the U.S., consumers in China are not that much concerned about the authenticity because they all know, we know that influencers are paid by the advertisers or brands. Like everyone knows that, right? It doesn't really affect like the consumer's view towards them, but they do want good content. I think content is key. I don't think they want to uh, just read up on, you know, whatever the brand is actually saying. They want the influencers to actually put a spin on what they think and, you know, like just accurate, logical, um, I think reviews or the way that, you know, they perceive the brand are, are very interesting and making it very interesting for people to consume. Um, as long as the content is interesting and it suits your target audience, I don't think they're that concerned about like they're paid or not. That's not really what I've been seeing anyway. Okay, so key messages here is influencers are the way to go for the Chinese market, but the content also needs to be optimized to grab consumers' interest. Going back to the point mentioned earlier about retention rates being more of a concern in the Chinese market, it does make sense that content delivery should be prioritized as key strategies to keep and also to retain the consumer interest. But with so many differences between Western and Chinese consumers, we had a question about how consumers positioning China and Asia actually perceive European health and supplement brands. So China, since 19, I would say 80, you know, since the opening of China, right, they've been exposed to a lot of foreign brands. So they've always viewed that foreign brands in Europe or U.S., have much higher technology and they have, uh, I would say, quote unquote, better sources because they have, you know, in the history of the ingestible market in China, there has been a lot of scandals in the past 20 years. So at least, you know, my generation and maybe like a little slightly older, we have um, a lot of stigma towards a lot of the ingredients manufactured in China. So mostly we will purchase products from abroad or across border EC um, in Australia, Japan, they, we, we have much more belief in these brands. However, because of the increase in regulatory in China, the, you know, the global supply chain and also younger consumers are very, very optimistic about China and they're very, very country and <laughs> country loving. They really, really are um, patriotic, right? So they don't really care if the, the products are made from which brand. So the younger consumers are much more uh, willing to accept a lot of local brands. Um, but I would say, you know, older generations still prefer like brands that have like 
more heritage in foreign countries because they believe it's safer, especially ingestible beauty, ingestible products are for ingestible, right? They're like, they're much more concerned about safety. So the safety stamp is very important. It's, it's, it's actually number one in why people purchase even more so than the actual function. Yeah, I'd agree with um, most of what Carol said there. Chinese consumers really do appreciate goods from European brands, but also US, Australia, New Zealand, Japan, Korea. The UK is consistently one of the top 10 markets, along with France, Germany, Switzerland, um, when we have 1111 Global Shopping Festival. And Chinese consumers really do look to brands from international markets as a mark of trust, a mark of authenticity, a mark of good quality ingredients, and a mark of top quality manufacturing. When brands that we work with go to China, what they're able to do is communicate communicate their authenticity, their achievements, their awards by presenting many of the certificates and the um, awards that they've won onto their branded pages so that the Chinese consumer's got a really good understanding of what ingredients are inside and, and how well regulated they are. Um, so it's certainly something that should be top of mind um, for a brand when entering China is the communication strategy of how reputable the brand is. And it's certainly something that the Chinese consumers do look for. Earlier on, Zarina mentioned about women as being a target market for the neutral cosmetic industry. And even though we primarily think of women as the target market for beauty from within products, we ask Zarina if there is a market space to target male consumers. Yes, absolutely. Um, we've seen it from both health and beauty that the men in China are equally conscious of looking for products. One really interesting example, I think, is around the gaming industry. The gaming industry is more male-focused than female-focused. Um, and what we have found recently is that there are gamers who are coming to the market looking for products that will help them to support their hobby. So basically, if you, obviously, if you're gaming, you're sat in the same position for a long time. So your bones and your joints, they get a bit stiff. So we've seen a demand for gamers looking for products for bones and joints like glucosamine. What they also look for are supplements that will help them to get focused before they're gaming, so products for brain health. But then once they've finished gaming, it's back to sleep again. They need a product that will help them calm down so that they can sleep better, so that they look fresh and bright once they get back online the next morning. It's great to see how different market segments synergize with one another, as in the case of gamers wanting to play well and focus, but also look refreshed and beautiful the next day. One other thing that grasped our audience interest was to learn more about the appeal behind a multinational cosmetic brand like Jacero entering the neutral cosmetic market in China. Mm, sure. Um, I think not, not many people know that Shiseido has been in uh, inner beauty for over 30 years. So in Japan, if you ever go to Japan, um, it's very common to take uh, beauty supplements or beauty drinks at the local 7-Eleven convenience stores or um, for people to go and purchase these beauty foods. So it's a very well-established, sophisticated market already in Japan, and Shiseido has been in this business for a long time. Um, it's just that we were never in China. So this is our first foray into extending to China. Like I said before, even though the market is small, it's growing very fast, as well as we believe in holistic beauty, and we believe that beauty is both internal and external. So of course, are primarily external. However, we believe that inner beauty is a very key, um, important part of providing holistic beauty solution for the consumers. So that's why we're 
extending into it in China. Both Carol and Zarina shared very valuable insights to our VitaFood Insights Virtual Expo Asia audience, who fully engaged into the discussion by asking questions. We are very pleased now to be able to share some of that thought leadership knowledge to our VitaFood Insights podcast audience. Looking ahead for more insights and entry strategies into the Asian APAC region, stay tuned for our VitaFood Asia 2022 hybrid event later in the year. VitaFood Asia will collocate with FI Asia at Queen City International Convention Center in Bangkok, Thailand, and online. The smart events will begin digitally on the 26th of September. September and convening the in-person experience from October 5th to October 7th. If you are an industry expert interested in speaking at VitaFoods Asia, we are accepting speaker proposals through our online speaker portal, which you can find a hyperlink into the show notes. Thank you for joining me and see you next time. Music